What's going on? What's going on? Entertain the geeky. Hello. What's up? Entertain the geeky here. We are. We are here. What? What? So, we were texting back and forth a little bit this week, chatting, and you were like, "Oh man, we got to talk about this." Uh, yeah. So my boss uh, and another manager in our company just went to the Comics Pro. Uh, retailer summit and if you're unfamiliar with what comics pro is it's basically an organization made by retailers and maintained by retailers uh, in the comic industry specifically to give them uh, power and uh, you know allow them to communicate directly with the publishers as we are your partners right we right. you publishers we are retailers we are your partners um, we we build the hype, we sell the books, we get the people excited about the things. So it's a chance for uh, retailers to find out some some tidbits of information that uh, about upcoming things or to talk with distribution, to talk about what's doing, what do we think is going well, what do we think is Feedback going not so well. people on the ground. You yeah, know? publishers send representatives. Uh, the head of Diamond was apparently there this year, Steve something or other, I mm-hmm. don't remember his last name. Um, Diamond, the most hated distributor in the world. It's it's losing a little bit of its uh, of its power, I think, though, right? Because uh, Lunar started out with DC, but they have several publishers distributing exclusively through them now. Yep. Marvel is still distributing through Diamond, but the primary distributor of Marvel has become Penguin Random House. Yep. The primary distributor, not of Marvel, I shouldn't say that, of Marvel's back catalog and and trades and that yes. kind of stuff there's actually uh been the better place to go to find older things they have them while diamond does not so i think they're losing a little bit of that hold they had on the industry uh the magazine when you look at the previews magazine it's so different than what it looked like even just 10 years ago um based on that, yeah, yeah exactly based that on phone book that they sent every yeah, month yeah yeah um it's still a phone book. There's no doubt. I mean, it's still a big, thick thing. But uh, the order in which things are presented, um, what's at the front of the book versus what's at the back of the book, you know, that kind of stuff, because that's real estate in the magazine, right? right? Like, it's is how how much are you going to spend with Diamond to make your part of the magazine pop a little more or take up a little more space or whatever, right? So it used to be, you know... Uh, uh, you would see DC and Marvel had always had their own, well, not always, but in my lifetime, in our lifetime, always right. had their own little side book. Mm-hmm. But uh, <clears throat> Image, uh, you know, Dark Horse, IDW would dominate the front of the book. And while Image is still there right at the front of the book, uh, the publisher that follows it is Boom. Oh, wow. Which is strange. Dark Horse has split where their stuff is. Their the stuff for Dark Horse in the front of the book is only single issues. Mm-hmm. All of Dark Horse's trade and reoffer stuff is at the back of the book, and then the rest of the alphabetical comics and graphic novels section. <laughs> so it's just a different magazine. Like it, it has become something different because publishers are moving on, trying different things, getting better rates with Lunar. Well, I mean, then uh, if you can self distribute, which yeah. uh, I, I was talking to the gentleman in altered state and he's like dude he's like while you have to go through diamond for a little bit he's like it's not like it was man no he's like it's so much better and yeah honestly from a retailer perspective it has been better um i'm sure steve's not happy (laughs) but 
probably why he came to the Comics Pro Retailer Summit, right. I imagine, right? Because he's not happy. Um, but regardless, uh, publishers send representatives. Uh, C.B. Sobolski was on hand from Marvel. Oh, awesome. Um, uh, Josh Williamson was on hand from, from D.C. I believe it was Josh Williamson. Uh, yeah, Josh Williamson, Howard Porter, Gilliam March uh, had gotten together to talk about an upcoming... Uh, in fact, we'll use that as a segue to jump right in. Uh, <laughs> Segway. Uh, <laughs> um, Slide this in here. So Williamson Porter, uh, March, and Chris Boccolo talked about an upcoming line-wide, apparently, DC event called Night Terrors. Night spelled with a K. Of course it was. Uh, <laughs> which obviously means it will probably center around Batman, Batman. Superman, Wonder Woman. Right. Um, I'm not, not even presumably it, it is centering around them, obviously. Um, but yeah, night terrors is a, the, the official word from DC is night terrors is a mini series in which Batman, Superman and wonder woman find the body of their earliest enemies at the hall of justice. Their investigation takes them past the land of the living beyond the land of the dead into the realm of nightmares. The only way to save the world is to call for help from an unlikely hero, dead man. And I love Dead Man. I'm so glad we're doing a Dead Man story. You have no idea how excited that made me when I read that. Did not expect that. Yeah, Dead I, Man is a character. He was significant recent in recent memory in, sure. in our lifetimes during the Blackest Night story. Well, no. not specifically during the Blackest Night story, but during the Brightest Day story when he got brought back to life, he was very significant because he was uh, the White Lantern. Mm -hmm. right? So that was obviously a, a significant moment. But I just love him. I think he's a cool character. And I'm glad to see a, a, a thing centering around him. They also talked about how the titles are going to get horror themed names oh, for that's the month. Fucking cool. Or for the man. months that it's going on, right? To kind of show, instead of just putting the logo up top to right. kind of give an indication based on what you're seeing on the cover, uh, that this is part of the horror story that we're doing. Um, and DC's had success with horror stories lately. They did Deceased, which is just wrapping up its final arc. Um, which was a, a zombie DC story. And they did DC vs. Vampires, which was a DC vampire story that was also pretty good. I mean, I think there's still maybe a little more to that story to tell, but it's been pretty good so far. Um, so they've had some pretty good success lately with putting their characters in these horrific, you know, typical kind of horror trope scenarios. Right. Um, and... Uh, you know, this Night Terrors is obviously some kind of murder mystery that takes us to uh, the realms of, of the outside realms or whatever. So it seems like Everybody. it seems like it might be interesting. Uh, it seems like something. And Chris Boccolo is coming back to D.C. for the first time in like a long time mm -hmm. uh, to do the main miniseries, I believe, is what it was. Saying. What was the last thing he did with D.C.? Oh, I have no idea. That's, that's a question that's like beyond my knowledge. It's been a long time, time ago. Though. Yeah, he's been exclusively doing Marvel stuff <clears throat> uh, as far back as uh, at least me working in the comic industry. I was going to say, I think it's been like 20 years or yeah, something I mean, crazy. At the very least, it's been while I've been in the industry, which wow. I got into the comic industry in 2012. So, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, that was that was something that you know obviously uh, is a big one, and they're apparently going to do uh, their free comic book day offering this year in May. Don't forget about free comic book days first Saturday in May. I'm not telling you to come to my store. I'm just saying go out, get some free comics. It's a cool day. Enjoy um, it. 
it's a yeah, holiday, just enjoy basically. the comic holiday that we have. Yeah. yeah. Um, but their free comic book day offering is going to be a prologue to Night Terrors. Oh, fuck yeah. Which starts in the summer, apparently. So, that'd be pretty cool. It'll be here just in time for Halloween. <laughs> it's almost like they planned this. <laughs> uh, so... Then uh, C.B. Sobolski, like I said, came from Marvel. Uh, he's the editor-in-chief right now um, to announce that they're going to... Scooting in a little scootin', bit. Scootin'. I, I wasn't air humping, scootin', but it scootin'. felt kind of like that. <laughs> uh, a crossover, a new crossover for Star Wars, which uh, if you haven't been reading Marvel's new continuity for Star Wars, it's been pretty good. I mean, I'm not going to say every story's been great, but there have been some really notable ones. Um, Pax, Darth Vader was Darth amazing. Darth Vader was badass. Well, Pax specifically, Greg Pax, Darth Vader was unreal. Like, that book was just amazing. I see dead men. <laughs> Cool-ass panel, yeah. man. Yeah, that book is just amazing. Not to mention, it opened with that arc where the Emperor, uh, in the aftermath of... Revenge of the Sith, the Emperor says, Well, you're not a Sith yet. You have to you have to go kill a Jedi and take the Kyber crystal from that Jedi's lightsaber and corrupt it with your own anger and hate to turn it red. Because Kyber crystals can't focus red. Mm-hmm. The only way they are able to focus red is if you corrupt the crystal, essentially murdering the crystal, because crystals are sentient things. So you essentially have to murder the crystal in order to make it red um so that whole first arc is him just like seeking out this this dude who's like a recluse you know like he saw the fall of the order coming and he just abandoned the order long ago he's just kind of living out his days with a normal life um but when darth vader comes like he turns the jedi thing on instantly and he's right back in it like he's skilled he's a very skilled man who's just been out here for untold years owning his craft of being a Jedi, you know, (laughs) continuing to train. Um, But so it's looking like it's going to be a line-wide new crossover event for Star Wars. It says, um, in Star Wars, Dr. Aphra, Darth Vader, and Bounty Hunters, which are all the, the, you know, biggest kind of flagship books from ongoing books from their line. Um, the main Star Wars book centers around, obviously, Luke, Leia, Han, Chewie, the droids. Uh, Darth Vader is Darth Vader. Bounty Hunters um, is the book that's been highlighting bounty hunters that we saw on screen, but that we never really got to know. Yeah, you didn't get their story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which has been really cool. Um, and Dr. Afra is a character that was first introduced in Darth Vader. She's kind of a, a mercenary, kind of bounty hunting type character. Um but the only the only tease they set out for this was uh, a picture that showed all the logos, and it just said, uh, "For it comes." What did it say? It says, "For it come first, it comes for the medal." That's it. That's all we got, right? Like it's just a little. You guys. First, it comes for the medal, implying that second, it does something, and third, right. maybe it does something as well. So that's all we got. And it was what just is like it? a little, yeah. And it's a line wide event. Um, and that's not to say they've never had line wide events. I mean, right. Hidden Empire was kind of a line wide event. Um, um, War for the Bounty Hunters was kind of, or War of the Bounty Hunters was kind of a one, it's, a line wide event. Sounds kind of like the, uh, the the biggest 
um, line wide event that they've done so far. Like and it, and maybe these other things we've seen have been building to this, right? right? Like maybe a, they've a all kind of been pieces esque kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. Maybe they've all kind of been pieces of a larger whole. Um, but that's all we got for that. That's like CB Sabolsky. A lot of marvels from what I, you know, have been able to glean from internet articles and things that I've found. A lot of it was more teasing than we're telling you what this is going right. to be, right? We're, 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 we're putting the idea out here. This is what we're doing. Um, in fact, DC actually gave synopses and kind of talked about what the details of their things were. Marvel didn't. Marvel just hits you with a teaser poster and a writer talking about the process, you know? I, I understand both ways of pushing it, though. Yeah. Like, Marvel's fucking brilliant there. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm I'm excited about everything they announced. Which, and again, most of it was given to us without any context. It Go was ahead just, and speculate. It was, yeah, it's just yeah. here's what we're gonna do, and we'll start it this summer, um, including uh, uh, Sabolsky also talked about a new story called coming this summer called Contest of Chaos. So it's a spin on the Contest of Champions. Um, if you're unfamiliar out there with the Contest of Champions, uh, it was basically the Beyonder pulled Marvel heroes to a planet together and made them fight to survive. Um, and in, in like gladiatorial. Fashion. Yeah. And yeah. like, yeah, it, it's, it was basically yeah, what we saw in like Thor Ragnarok, right. the big gladiator arena or planet right? Hulk. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The, the contest of champions, but uh, the teaser poster just says contest of chaos and absolute chaos corrupts. Absolutely. And apparently uh, is this a Loki thing that we're getting here? <laughs> so it says, referencing the classic 70s series, Contest of Champions appears to pit Venom, Deadpool, Spider-Man, Wolverine, Captain Marvel, Storm, Scarlet Witch, Human Torch, both Captain Americas, Ghost Rider, Thor, Moon Knight, Spider-Gwen, and Iron Man against each other. Oh my God. That's going to be fucking sick. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't say for what, and it doesn't say, or it didn't give us any indication as to who. But we know exactly what's going was pulling to them together. Yes. Chaos could imply Loki, obviously, right, but right. chaos could also imply chaos magic. Sure. So it could be a Scarlet Witch or a Doctor Strange right. type of story. Uh, uh, actually, um, um, Stephen's wife, who we met in uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, has been was carrying the mantle of Sorcerer Supreme while Steven was dead. I put that in quotes because he's not dead anymore. He's alive again. <laughs> when he was unwell. <laughs> uh, Clea, she carried the title of Sorcerer Supreme while he was presumed dead. Now that he's back, he's taking the mantle back. But I could definitely see... Uh, Clea maybe being involved, being as how they brought her back very recently. And you can say, oh, well, that had to do with the movies. But yes, probably. But also, they don't bring back a character just to make you feel like... They, they're also going to usually do something with that character, right. right? Bringing back the Beyonder is leading to a new Avengers thing that's going to that's gonna be going on, right? So they don't just do that stuff out of nowhere. Right, there's definitely a ripple effect there's, with it. Yeah, exactly. There's a reason why they're doing it. Um so uh, I could see, again, I could see Clea being involved somehow, the magical side of the Marvel universe, mm -hmm. of the Marvel comic universe being involved. Chaos, and again, they know that's what we're, where our mind's going to go first, right? So chaos makes me think Scarlet Witch immediately, which makes me think it's not going to be Scarlet Witch, mm -hmm. right? Because they know that's where our brains would go first. 
So I could see it being a strange thing. They're nice. putting a lot. He's got a new series going on right now. <laughs> They're putting a lot into the return of Steven. Uh, yeah, I mean, in here, anything that they do for that is good for the movies. Exactly. So yeah. it, it makes perfect sense. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so they didn't talk about this. Uh, they didn't talk about the details of this at all, other than a few things that Casey specifically heard in the room. Casey is my boss. Um, she's the one who was actually here. Um, so these last couple of things are things that I got directly from her. Um, one is uh, 2023 is the 60th anniversary of the Avengers and the X-Men. 1963, they both both series started. Uh, so 1963... Uh, 2023 uh, is the anniversary, the 60th anniversary. That's fucking cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, Means we'll be getting some sick variant covers. Yeah. They showed off uh, an image that uh, I think Casey said was done by Nick Bradshaw um, of major characters from both teams kind of looking a little more classic, looking in their their, their old school looks, you know. Um, and they did talk about how this coming story, Fall of X, because since Jonathan Hickman had taken over, there have been different eras of what this is. There was House of X, there was Rise of X, right? There was all these, they keep doing all these different eras. And there's an upcoming one for the summer called Fall of X. Uh, and most of us, rightfully so, especially when you, if you've been reading all the X-Men books like I have, uh, and most of my customers have because I've been hyping them and I've been talking mm, about them. You have to read this. I'm very excited, yeah, about what the X-Men have become lately. Uh, it's been a very big resurgence of their their popularity, and I like the X-Men. I, that was one they're, of the first comics I got into. They're awesome, yeah. That and Batman, right, were the mm. two kind of comics I gravitated towards. Um, so we all assumed, rightly so, that Fall of X meant the Krakoa era was coming to an end. Uh, Krakoa is where they're living now. Krakoa was a character that was introduced in Giant Size X-Men number one from 1975. Um, and it's a sentient island that had lured mutants to it to feed off of them. But apparently, like, it is a mutant. It is a sentient island. And they have recently come to an accord with it, and they are living on it. Uh, Krakoa. As like a, uh, yeah, what... As a sovereign state. Thank you. Sovereign is what yeah, I was trying to say. Yeah, as a sovereign say. state. Uh, they have representation at the United Nations. Mm -hmm. They are involved in, uh, you know, poli the politics of the world and stuff like that because they have these drugs that are helping humans get rid of, like, you know, Alzheimer's disease, right. uh, extend the life of humans, cure cancer. Like, they've done all these these things. Brilliant just, medical advances. Yeah, brilliant yeah. medical advances through mutant uh, science. Um, so... We assumed, again, getting back on track, that Fall of X was going to be the end. But C.B. Skowalski said it's not. The Kokoa era will go on. Fall of X has to do with something that is within the story, not necessarily the end of what the story represents. Interesting. Yeah, so the Krakoan era will go on. It is going to be the future. According to C.B. Skowalski, this is the future of the X-Men. This is what the X-Men is now. Because I th And I think that's brilliant, right? Because what Hickman did is he created a world in which... The mutants said, yeah, you guys, you humans, you can have the planet for as long as it sustains you, but it's going to be our planet one day. We are the next stage in human evolution, and evolution dictates that you will fall, and we will rise, and it will be our planet, and then something will come along that's more evolved than us and replace us. That's how evolution works, right? So having them just say, we're going to wait it out, and here's some drugs that will make your life super good but just leave us alone 
and understand that mutants do not follow the laws of man anymore, uh, and all mutants by birth can claim citizenship on Krakoa, uh, and amnesty is granted to mutants who have been convicted and, and imprisoned by humans because mutants do not follow human laws anymore. It's not who we are. We yeah, have our is, own laws. We have our, our own world. system of governance, and we're going to use it. Um, and it's great, and I'm glad it's going to stick around. That is something that I'm very, uh, I've really enjoyed, and I'm very excited about that. Um, and then the last thing, I so this apparently had popped up on the internet, and I had just not noticed it. And again, we get busy in our lives. We work, and we have busy days where we can't, you know, scroll mindlessly on our phones. Right. Um, and I didn't even notice it. And she came back and I, I, I said, you know, how'd it go? And what, 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 what's up? And she started telling me about different things. Uh, and she said, oh, and, and Jonathan Hickman was there and Brian Hitch. And because Brian Hitch is going to be working on Contest of Chaos, right? So Brian Hitch was there and Hickman was there. And she said, and they announced a new book they've got coming out this summer. I was like, oh, that's cool. What's that? She's like, it's called Ultimate Fallout. And I went, I'm sitting at the computer and I like literally stopped and I went, wait, ultimate, like ultimate universe, like the ultimate universe. And she was like, yeah, Hickman's bringing back the ultimate universe. And my brain exploded. Like I was just like, are you kidding me? I'm so excited. I'm going to be talking about this with everybody. And I have, there's not a person, there's not a person who's been in my store in the last week that would care about it that I have not talked about it with. And several people who didn't care about it until I started talking people about it. People walk talking in. Talking about it with when, them. When he greets them, he's like, do you know they're bringing the ultimate universe back? And people are like, <laughs> people are like, dude, I'm, I'm here to get these hero, hero clicks. Um. <laughs> yes. So, uh, yeah, I've, I'm talking about it with everybody. Um, because the ultimate universe, I mean, we've talked about the ultimate universe on the show before. Yeah. We've talked about ultimate Spider-Man being both uh, one of our favorite Spider-Man collectively, right. one of our favorite Spider-Man stories. Um, and it, it was just, the, the, I think the reason it resonated so well with the fans of the time, like me is I wasn't alive in the sixties. Right. I wish I would have been there to buy X-Men number one on the shelf because I would have, right. If I was, if that was me in the sixties, I would have been, that would have been the comic. Oh, yeah. bought. Um, so we didn't get to watch this be built brand new we didn't get to watch this be built from the ground up and the ultimate universe represented a chance for us oh yeah we straight up saw it there yeah we're watching the stories brand new and and they take place in modern time Mm -hmm. the kids in this story they sound like me they talk like me right like they're they're kids They're, they're modern children they're not 1960s children right um and so it just it was so cool it, it felt like we were getting in on something you know exciting getting on the ground floor these are the characters you know but they're not a little different like this is an alternate universe yep. so we can tell the story a little differently we can do different things with it we can have the characters surprise you in ways that you aren't expecting uh and and it did that i think it 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 did that in spades i mean throughout its entire run it kept surprising me the the ultimate universe was definitely a uh, turning of things on their head yeah. At certain points in time. Yeah. Because there were these beautiful things that were like cohesive with what we knew. Yeah. And then there was just like, oh, oh hey, here's a huge curveball for right. you. See if you pick up on that. Yeah, kids. exactly. And oftentimes it was something that they were playing with a character that was so well established mm-hmm. that you anything that was different was glaring because right. I, I know who Colossus is. I've read Colossus since I was a child. I am well aware of who he is as a character. I know who Wolverine is. Right. But when you throw me these curveballs, it it was 
not for shock value. It was because this isn't that. Right. We're not trying to shock you. We're just trying to show you that this can be different. This story can be told in a different way. It doesn't have to be. It's, that's, that's the beauty of the idea of the multiverse to begin with. Right. We don't have to tell the story the same. We can right. tell it any way we want. Infinite possibilities on how exactly. this story can be told. Exactly. Yes. And ultimate, fall, or, uh, ultimate fallout. No. Ultimate Invasion, Invasion is what the story yeah. is called. Yeah, I lost my train of thought there for a sec. Ultimate Invasion is the the teaser image was all they really showed off. They didn't talk too much about the story other than, you know, knowing we're bringing the Ultimate Universe back and the Hickman. Now gonna, I have to find the teaser image. So I'll show you as soon as, as soon as we're done. Well, okay, yeah, we would put it on the screen, the yeah. teaser image. I yeah. have it. I'll just text it to you. Okay, text you it to it me so I can, yeah. Uh, the teaser image shows off in the background clearly like, the cover of one of the Ultimates books. It's got Giant Man and Cap and Iron Man and Hulk, Wasp, all the, the Ultimates characters that they had. Um, and then like breaking through is the Maker. Uh, and if you're unfamiliar out there with the Maker, he is an evil version of Reed Richards. He's Ultimate Reed Richards, right. but he's evil. Like he left the universe behind and saw the skeletal structure of space and time and it changed him. And he went insane. Kind of like Kang. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, and it's no that's no coincidence. Kang right. is a descendant of Reed. He's Nathaniel Richards. That's his real name. He's a descendant of Reed. Um, so uh, he saw into the, the, the void, and right. it changed his perspective. And he came back as a villain, and he maintained that. He was a villain throughout the rest of the Ultimate Universe's run. The Fantastic Four book was gone after that. There was no Fantastic Four anymore. Um, and they seeded this in Venom. Donny Cates was writing Venom and had the maker, because he survived Secret Wars, there was a few characters like Miles and, and various yeah. other characters that kind of came over after the Ultimate Universe the two was pizzas. destroyed. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the maker was one of them. And so he's studying symbiotes. So his story intersects with Venom in that way, mm -hmm. especially as Venom is, in, we, we got introduced to Dylan Brock, Eddie's actual son. Yep who was conceived while he was uh, connected to yep. the symbiote. Um, so he has all kinds of weird powers, and they were studying, they were trying to understand how to help him. And But the maker never is helpful. He's always kind of got his own agenda, and we found that out early on when Eddie and, and Dylan leave after some tests, and a portal opens, and four versions of Reed Richards come walking in. Um, one's in the regular costume, one's in like the FF costume, one's in like a space suit, right? It's four different versions of Reed. And the maker turns to them and he's like, I'm on the verge of a breakthrough. Uh, I will get my universe back. And with the understanding that you let me be on the council and the, the, the Reed that's kind of looks normal, the normal looking Reed, he kind of steps forward and he says, no Reed that serves on our council stands on a broken universe. So if you can get your universe back, your spot is assured because they see the intrinsic value of a Reed that has seen more than them. Right. He's valuable to them because he's seen the atomic structure of space and time. He peered into the void. He lost his mind, but he's also got a unique sense of clarity about what the multiverse is. And they want that. So, presumably, 
The reason the teaser image shows the maker is because he's going to be at the center of the rebirth of the ultimate universe. But surrounding the maker in the image are regular 616 characters. Miles, well, Miles was an ultimate universe yes. character. Uh, but regular Cap and regular Iron Man and regular Hulk and you know other other characters that kind of surround him. So I'm are are regular six one six universe characters going to the ultimate universe? Is redrawing them in? Uh, also, what does that mean for Miles? Miles is from the ultimate universe. Does do he and his family go back home now? Is this normal all of a sudden? Right. Yeah. Do we just get to go home now to our regular reality again? Uh, there's all kinds of implications, and I have no idea what any of it means. But what I am very very excited about is the fact that we're rebirthing the ultimate stuff and we're going to do a new line wide launch after this mini series is done of ultimate books. I'm I, excited about that. I can't I, be, I'm excited yeah. for this one. Like, cause, uh, Whew. it's that, well, a lot of people they are like, where do I start? Great fucking starting point. Well, yeah, I would assume you might still need to read other ultimate books, but sure. my hope is because they're bringing it back, maybe they'll put those other books back in print again. Oh God. The only one that's maintained as print is Spider-Man. Right. But maybe they'll put X-Men back into print. Maybe well, they'll I mean, put Ultimates back even, into print. Even if they go through and do some new first issues for all these? At the very, well, yeah. At the very least, you need to put Fantastic, at least the Fantastic Four story where Reed lost his mind back into print. Right. Because that informs who the maker is. You need that story. That's how he was born, you know? Absolutely. So I don't know. But all I know is I'm very, my head is exploding. This is something that happened at a prime time in my life for comics in the early 2000s when the Ultimate Universe was launched, mm -hmm. like the height of my crazy fandom. And I own every Ultimate comic. Like seriously, every book that was part of the Ultimate Universe or even included the Ultimate Universe as like a multiversal thing. Yep. I own it. It was the my favorite thing growing up. So I can't wait. I'm, it's coming out in the summer. What's fucking sick about that... I would I would love to see your comic collection, just the boxes. I mean, yeah, I actually need to reorganize stuff because I had some boxes get damaged, but and I've got a lot of stuff just stacked in a room that's unorganized. Yeah, it it's always cool to see people's collections. Like when, uh, well, you want to help me organize it? You can you can look through it all, <laughs> dude. I'm totally in. I would totally do that. What's funny? So they do the they do the printed short boxes now, and yeah. like they're grossly overpriced. Yeah. But they're fucking cool. They are cool. And I'm like, man, I, I should get those just so I can have my comics in my office. Because sure. I, I want them here. Right. They're, they're important, I think, maybe. No, I, they are important. They're, they're important to me. If they mean something to you, they're important right. to you. It doesn't matter if they're important to anyone else. Well, and that's well, it's so funny <laughs> because we're talking about the funny books again. And it's like, oh, man, the funny books are important to me. And, like, we've talked about drawing uh, character traits from them that we've implemented in our own lives and how oh, yeah. how important that is. Comics have shaped my adult life. Right, and it's fu it's <laughs> fucking cool. And it's like, it oh, is. dude, well, it, I should probably have those present often and maybe, yeah. maybe I can share them with somebody else and maybe it'll make an impact on their life. It's just cool, man. Yeah, I mean, I need to reorganize, reorganize my stuff just because I'm not a guy who likes it to be not organized. Right. <laughs> It uh, it's a little you know grading. It kind of pulls at me a little bit. I think that's part of being a collector. Yes. When when you have your collection, it has to be in a certain order. Yes. And if it's not in order, it's like, well, this isn't even fucking collection right now. This is awful. That's what right. this is. Yeah. yeah. I, I I get it. I get it. Um. But yeah. So that's that's what I got from Comics Pro, and I obviously did not touch on everything. There's a lot more to touch on. Sure. I touched on the DC and Marvel stuff because that's the stuff that I care about. 
I'm not saying I don't care about other things. I'm just saying that's the stuff that draws my attention. But if there's something that draws your attention, tell us about it in the comments. I want to hear about it. Uh, the place I found my resources, and I'm, they're not paying me to say this, and I'm not even a big fan of their website or the man in charge of it, but Bleeding Cool, look, I got to give it to the guy. He always has the scoops. He always has the updates, and he does it underhandedly, I'm sure, sometimes to get them. But he always seems to have the scoop. So he's got a whole page that just has all the articles linked that uh, are about various presentations. All the publishers were there. I mean, Boom was there, and, and Oni was there, and uh, you know, Image was there. Everyone was there. These are just the, the things I talked about are just the things that kind of draw my attention, that keep my eye. Sure. Right, the things if I'm searching, that's what I'm looking for. Right? You're 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 a big books guy. Yeah, and you I'm know. not saying I don't like small books. Sure, I do. There are plenty of small books I like. Not and we, saying that you don't like the small yeah. press, but the big books are really, that's like your bread and butter. Yeah, and honestly, if the book club thing works out, Little Monsters is a future book club book. It's only 13 Ooh. issues, self-contained story, and oh my God, it's it's insane. It's one of the greatest books. I, dude, it's I'm Jeff Lemire, so Dustin Nguyen. It's so good. I'm such so a good book. Freaking in for it's that. a vampire book, but it's awesome. Um, <laughs> well, and then the, uh, the big announcement here is... Um, I want you guys to get a free copy of Merle's Truck Stop in Maine. It's something that over the years we've done off and on, and I think for maybe the next couple of months here, we're going to make it free to you with the promo code GEEKY. Uh, it's our way of giving back to the community that's given so much to us. Um, we want you guys to play this game and enjoy it and have a great time with it. And uh, just spread the word, man. Entertain the geekies here. We want to we wanna share with you guys and oh, yeah. hang out with you guys. And if we get to do that at your kitchen table in the form of this beautiful game that we've published, then let's do it that way. Cool. Right. And if you forget the promo code, it's, 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 it's right there. It's, it's right there on the screen. Geeky. Geeky. It's, it's right there. That'll be there when I'm when, when it's on the internet, right? Okay, good. Because otherwise, I look like a dumbass. I'm pointing I, I, at nothing. I should, I should like get it out. <laughs> it's, it's right, it's right there. It's leak below. <laughs> it's right there. It's like saying something that you know, like oh, there's another video. I see people on YouTube do that. Like, oh yeah, more videos here. And I'm like, there's no more videos yeah, they, there. You they, look, they, like, they planned on putting it there, but didn't do that in right. post. More videos here. Oh wait. No, there's not. Promo code geeky. Yes. Right. It's it's right there. It's right there. I'm pointing at it on the screen. It's right there. <laughs> right right underneath Chris's nipples. Right underneath his nipples. There you go. Promo code geeky. geeky. <laughs> <laughs> I should get it tattooed. <laughs> oh my god, no. <laughs> well, thank you for hanging out, guys, and as always, stay geeky. Bonus content. Yeah, well, I, I, see I mean, it's there. That. I see people do that on YouTube. But then when they're not pointing at anything, I'm just like, I would never want to be that person. Just like, fuck that so guy. That's why I said it's going to be there, right? <laughs> on the screen. Like, because uh, otherwise I feel like a dumbass. <laughs> oh, otherwise I'm pointing at nothing. I don't want to point at nothing. Make sure I don't point at nothing. No, it'll be there. It's it's in the recording, so we're safe. All right, good, good. Incredible. Yeah, that oh, was fun. That was a good one. What are you doing with the rest of your day? Anything good? Uh, no. I uh, kind of go home, make some dinner. Well, dinner, that's wiles away. But eventually at home, make some dinner, and then we're going to watch Last of Us tonight. Tonight's Last of Us. Hells, yeah. Second to last episodes tonight. Tonight's the cannibal episode. I'm really looking forward to this one. Also, Baker's playing one of the cannibals. Is he really? Yeah. 
He's playing like, so David in the game was the leader of the cannibals. He's not playing David. He's playing like the right-hand guy to David, I think. That's cool as shit, Or at shit, least though. the right-hand guy to the leader, which is funny because the guy who did Tommy played the right-hand guy to Kathleen in Kansas in the Kansas City episode when we met. Uh, That's amazing. Yeah, when we met Henry and Sam. <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, I think Tara and I are going to power through that here soon. Oh, it's so good, dude. I, I know, so I know. Well, one of the things is I know we'll, bin- we'll want to binge it. So I'm like half tempted there's, to. There's two more. It's this one and next week. Next I, week's the last episode. Maybe we'll watch it next Season week finale. then. Yeah, next week. But I, I. It's going to take you some time though, dude. A few of the episodes are over an hour long. And most, I don't think anyone's shorter than like 45 minutes. We're really powerful. We can binge the shit out oh, of Oh, no, it. I'm not saying you can't. I'm just saying it's going to be a time sink because it's going to be nine when it's all said and done. You remember. Uh, so you're looking at like potentially about 10, 11 hours of television. Well, it's like when Daredevil came out. I, I know. Without a shadow of a doubt, for a fact, because we talked about it in the store, you're like, oh, yeah, I binged Daredevil last night. Uh, the first night it came out, I did not see the whole thing. I binged, like, the first six episodes, oh, see, and here, there was I, only, like, eight or ten I was going to say, I think there were eight, and I, I thought you powered through all of them no, that I didn't get the night. whole oh, okay. night. I got through, like, four or five. Oh, my God. Yeah. I'm so excited to get that one back. Yeah, even I'm excited even though it's not going to be, you know... Uh, the same continuity. I'm still just excited because I think the actors are very good. I think that's what made the show good. So it's not, not the same continuity, really? No. The Netflix stuff is essentially another universe, I think, is how they're treating it at this point. Weird, but and okay. the fact that they're doing the multiverse story just makes it all make the more sense. Yeah, it, like, it can it can function yeah, that way. Daredevil's still, Matt, still, you know, Charlie Cox here. He just, he's not that Daredevil, right? He's a different Daredevil. This Red and yellow one over right, here. Like it's it's Loki, right? Not all the Lokis looked like Tom Hiddleston, right. but a few of them did. Right. You know, somewhere in the multiverse is a Loki that looks just like him that leads yep. in a completely different life. <laughs> yeah. So I think theoretically it's fine, right? Just to say no, what Netflix does. I mean, it's it's a great way to be able to uh, universe. To kind of wash your slightly. hands of it. And... Well, and they're doing Born Again. I'm curious, though, because they already did Born Again. The Netflix show did Born Again. Right. That was season three. So I'm curious if... This is just more symbolic in the way they're calling it born again because it's born again. No, this is us doing Or they're doing born again because if they, they, they've got a high bar to clear if they're going to try to do born again. Oh, yeah. Because the Netflix show did great at born again. It was again fantastic. When they introduced Maggie. Yep. Yeah, like they that was a great season of television when the Kingpin like gets out of prison with with while still making them think he's in prison. Yep. Like that was great. That was a fucking amazing season of television. So yeah, I don't know. I I yeah. I, I hope I, it's just symbolic. Oh, they're not trying to do more. I again. hope we get Jessica Jones again too though, man. That show was so good. Uh, Mike Coulter and Kristen Ritter have recently had recently like tweeted a thing that mm-hmm. had people going, "Wait, are you guys coming back too? Is that happening? Is that official?" They, I, I'm sure if they are, they can't talk about it, right? I'm sure until, there's some kind of contract in until place. Until Marvel's yeah. ready to make that announcement. But I have a feeling Daredevil Born Again is going to have Jessica and it, and Luke in it. They were so good, man. They were yeah. just so good. I want a, I want more Luke Cage. I'm not one of those people that said I didn't like how season two of Luke Cage ended. When Luke Cage uses his position to become the crime boss to control where crime is in his city. I thought that was genius. I was oh, like, was. that is such a gangster move. Like that is a Luke Cage gangster the whole, move. The whole Luke Cage 
series was just fucking great. Man. Oh, it's so good. The only Mike Coulter's so good. The only thing that was remotely inexcusable there was Iron Fist, and it wasn't as bad as everybody made it out. It just wasn't. The first great. season was really bad. It wasn't great. Yeah. No, the first season's really bad. I will say when. They got into Defenders. the aftermath of Defenders. Uh-huh. Well, they, yeah, he was in Defenders, obviously, yeah. too. And I think he was less insufferable in Defenders. Sure. But then season two of Iron Fist is fine. It's a fine season of television. And it was setting up what probably would have been, what could have been an amazing third season. I think they just needed to get the kids some fight training. Because he just didn't look like he was a martial artist. martial right. arts. Um, but no, the, the, the second season was setting up the Fraction Aha Mortal Iron Fist story, and right. that story is fucking it's great. Fucking sweet story. That's a great story. <laughs> Anything that Matt Fraction does is usually pretty good. He's a pretty good writer. No, Immortal Iron Fist is such a cool He's story. He's the one who man. also did Hawkeye, the, the excellent run of Hawkeye with my that starts with My Life as a Weapon, with Clint just going back to his apartment, and this it's about Clint. This is what he's that, doing when he's that, not out of Yeah, that was, a, that was a brilliant series. It was a great story. Goddamn. Yeah, so, yeah. There, there's a lot to be excited about there, though. Yeah. There's the bonus content right there. Boom. 